Good morning and welcome to another Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law YouTube channel of Hogue Law and Virtual Legality and business law firm and all sorts of stuff. It must be a Monday, folks, because I don't usually screw up the introduction, uh, but hopefully you all are having a good Monday morning or Monday afternoon, depending on where you're coming from, and otherwise had a great weekend. I know I did. I know a number of you saw me in various places uh, online this weekend because it seems like I was online the whole weekend and otherwise. Uh, I'm so happy to have you here. Let me know where you're uh, joining us to hang out from. I always love that part. I know uh, co-counsel uh, Mrs. Hoaglaw always takes those notes and we'll be putting some of those up in the channel. First, a, a little bit of, uh, of bookkeeping here, uh, announcements, backend stuff. First of all, if you see me doing weird things with my lips, I cut my lip this morning. So just to try to keep the blood out of my mouth, I'm going to have to manage that a little bit. I apologize for that. Uh, I'm doing my best right now. But also, if you see the background behind me, it looks a little unusual. I know uh, my wife put this up because, as you saw for just a brief uh, minute there, if you aren't on Twitter, and who can blame you? As I say, it's a cyber hellscape. But I do enjoy putting stuff up there from time to time. We achieved a goal this weekend. More specifically, we achieved a goal at 2.30 in the morning uh, this Sunday, at least here in the Eastern time zone. Goal achieved, and you see references to my alma mater, Michigan Law, uh, and I wanted to thank everybody who helped. What did we achieve? Well, the capacity of my team's stadium, and I'm, I'm a Wolverine, go blue. I know we've got Buckeyes uh, in the chat. I really appreciate your support. We can be friends. Reasonable minds can differ, but probably not on one Saturday in the fall. And the capacity of that Michigan stadium is 107,601 people. Now, yes, they squeeze more people in from time to time for big events or however that might go. But that was the number that I had focused on in my head, really as kind of the pie in the sky. You start a YouTube channel, you buy a microphone, you say, huh, I wonder how this will go. Well, what would be a reasonable goal? And at that point, it was something like 100 subscribers so I could change the name of the channel uh, and then a thousand, you know, that kind of thing. But what would be the crazy pie in the sky goal? And that crazy pie in the sky goal was the largest capacity college football stadium in America. And at about 2.30 in the morning this past Sunday, you all uh, and others like you who are otherwise on the replay crew, hello folks watching this in archive form, uh, helped me get there. And I just wanted to say thank you. It's a really big day. Uh, my wife took me out for dinner. My wife otherwise... Uh, put up various things around uh, the, the 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 room here. So we're going to have a background here special for today. I know folks often want stuff on that back wall. So because of Mrs. Hoaglaw, that's why you're getting a little bit of decoration. Other thing that happened this weekend, and really one of the reasons why we got a, a, a little bump uh, in the subscriber numbers for the channel is that, of course, I was on Emily D. Baker's stream with Ian Runkle of Runkle of the Bailey and Rob of Law and & Lumber, and uh, we had... We had a good time. You'll want to check out that stream. It is, uh, it is not, it is not safe for virtual legality. Uh, although it was certainly a lot of fun. So if you're interested in that, I think the stream wound up going for five hours, which is very unusual for her. Um, but we did have a little bit of a reunion from what? Well, we had a reunion for Depp v. Heard, which, as you saw from the thumbnail, as you've joined us here today, is what we're going to be talking about when we get to the headline section. But as you know by now, I like to start out with a little bit of hanging out. And oh, look, because we just did that announcement, we got some we got some party emojis. We got some clapping emojis. It's very nice of you. I really appreciate it. First and foremost, 
I wanted to explain the background. Uh, so I, uh, I just wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, hey, this is not going to be a standard background. This is a celebratory background. Um, but it is a big day because even more than even more than 100K for me, um, it was, hey, let's see if we could just hit that number. Uh, because if you're from around here and you are a Wolverine, at least for me, I tend to think of large numbers uh, in ratio to number of Michigan stadiums. So that was very exciting. Very, very cool. Uh, we got a go Buckeyes here. Never miss a chance. Never miss a chance. Aviation fanatic. Go Buckeyes had to get that in there. I don't blame you. I'd be doing the same thing if I was uh, watching a live stream uh, from, from a streamer of some kind and they just happen to be a big Buckeye fan. I, I'd throw a go blue at you. So absolutely well, well received. We got some party blowing emojis here. Good morning from Simi Valley. Australia says hi, not once, but twice in a row. So well represented in Australia. Hello, Australia. Uh, we're going to be talking about some fun stuff today. Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, insurance companies that are saying that their policy doesn't require them either to pay for the judgment or for the lawyers. So some fun stuff there. Uh, what do we got here? Pretty background. Love the background. So co-counsel, honey, you did a great job. Uh, they love it. She asked me yesterday, is this okay? Because she knows I like my blank red wall. Uh, so it's a, see, where's the red wall? It's behind all this, if you can believe it. I, I can't change my setup that fast. So the red wall is still there. If you need the red wall, you're actually seeing it. If you could see behind these decorations uh, in the background. Hello from South Jersey. Love it. Morning from Oregon. I'm liking the new background. The background's not sticking around, folks. We're having a celebration today. Good afternoon from Denmark. Uh, what do we got here? Deputy heard the gift that keeps on taking. I, I'm not anticipating. In fact, I'm not planning on doing more than one episode of Deputy heard a week, maybe. And I, I'm hopeful it seems to be tapering off a little bit. And then you get these kinds of bursts. But I did see this. And today we're actually going to be doing an episode in terms of the headline format that isn't going to be based around the headline or the media so much uh, as it is going to be about looking at the lawsuit and hopefully walking through it and explaining it. So it's essentially kind of a mix of a, of a headlines approach uh, and a virtual legality approach, which we might be doing more and more of in this space um, to talk about the substance of some of these things more than just the rhetoric. We're going to be combining those particular kind of philosophical impulses as we look at things uh, in this space. I think it'll work pretty well. Uh, but today's going to be one of those more substantive ones, uh, more than rhetorical ones. We're really only going to take the headline uh, and discuss it and, and maybe the first paragraph from the law and crime article that just sets up what this thing is so we can have it in the back of our minds uh, as we read through lawsuits. Because lawsuits are not necessarily written uh, for us. They aren't written for clarity on these things. Uh, and so, well, <laughs> we need a little help sometimes in the summaries, and it can help focus us on what these particular lawsuits are doing. And as I'm saying lawsuits, because I'm also going to talk about a lawsuit that happened in the middle of last year, actually, that relates to this lawsuit from a different insurance company uh, that basically knew that the that the insurance company that's trying to get out of everything today was going to try that. Um, so, haha, I love the typo in the description. I have no idea what my typo is, so I'll look at the description. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, sometimes those get done fast to make sure that we get a placeholder up so that y'all know we're going to have an episode like this one. So yeah, I, I, I'm a human being and there are very often typos in those kinds of things. Um, I am still partially convinced the red wall is green screened in that there isn't a red wall. Wow. That's, that's actually kind of inception like 
right? Because I sit in front of the red wall every day. But what if it weren't real? Hmm. A little heavy for a Monday. Uh, no, I appreciate it. We did get a super chat. Thank you so much for these super chats. Uh, Mandy Stevens, hello from Australia. Love you all with Emily. Yeah, as I said, we had a lot of fun with Emily D. Baker on Friday night. Wound up being a much longer stream than I think any of us had thought we had signed up for. And it was it was a blast. It was great. Um, YouTube doesn't spell check for you. No, it doesn't. I have no idea what I said. I'll fix it. <laughs> it is very Matrix. Is the red wall real? Even if you are physically sitting in front of it. Something to consider. Uh, the deco looks cool as heck. Mrs. Hogue, I think you should try and convince him to keep it. Oh, my. Well, that'll be a conversation. We will see. Uh, go Blue. Thank you. Calling in from Delaware, Kentucky. Good morning from Ann Arbor. That just seems fitting with the announcements today, right? Uh, good morning from Livonia. They're all places around me. I love it. I love more, uh, more Michigan folks as well. From Geneva, Switzerland. It's uh, fantastic stuff. Good afternoon from Ostrava, Czech Republic. Very cool. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're going to have a good show here. going to have fun. Congratulations on your new subscribers. Yeah, we're having a great time. Having a great time. Building the channel. Building a community we can be proud of. Reasonable minds can differ. Having a lot of fun with all of that. Uh, Germany is in the house with the, I think, rocking emoji there. Welcome, Germany. Nice to see you. I was in Columbus once for Michigan Weekend. I can't believe I lived to tell about it. I actually went to Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. <clears throat> I love cheering for blue, especially when I lived in Oregon. Yeah, some of those... Some of those uh, college games can be fraught, especially if you're going to a rivalry game. Um, so, yeah, Columbus, Ohio for Michigan game. You know, Ann Arbor's no peach for the Ohio State game either. Michigan, Michigan State, um, you know, butt heads uh, in how their various fan bases uh, approach things in these various cities. So I'm, I'm glad you survived the ordeal. Um, but uh, truthfully, I haven't actually been to a game directly uh, in Columbus, at least for Michigan. Um, so, yeah see here jake's baby cake says i think it was defamation against a non-public figure where actual malice isn't required the new york marine should have to pay but the jury found actual malice per the law we're going to talk about actual malice because one thing that's going to be happening in these lawsuits is that um new york marine which is the um plaintiff or require they're requesting a declaratory action from the court in this specific instance and we will look at this more specifically effectively just says there's willfulness here. We don't have to pay. Um, and then they don't really expound upon that. It does appear to be the actual malice, but they don't actually say that in the lawsuit. So it becomes a question of, hey, if you say that you're insuring for defamation, which they do, we'll look at that, then it can't just be the act of publishing that is uh, the willfulness here. So what are you what are you looking at? And uh, actual malice doesn't require intentionality to defame as much as it requires a, a reference to the falsity of the of the statement itself so we'll get into it we will get into it i tend to agree that the this insurance company is is basically putting a billboard up that says not good for public figures which is kind of in and of itself its own problem uh, what else do we have here <clears throat> Oh, 
Angie Smith, congratulations with the party emoji from Southern Indiana. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Southern Indiana, I have been to many times. Um, so uh, I very much appreciate the congratulations. Uh, what else we have here? I've taken my mom to an Ohio State game. I've taken my man, not my mom. It's a completely different kind of date. Uh, to an Ohio State game, and he has been to a big house game. Nice. All right. Awesome. Um, what do we have here? Microsoft is updating its terms of service. I don't know if that's just a warning, uh, <laughs> but maybe that's something people want covered. Uh, I don't know. I have to look into those. I, you know, I see a lot of terms of services change every day, basically, and people flag them for me. Um, and I, I look at most of them to see if anything's substantive. There's so much kind of just I-dotting and T-crossing and various things that wouldn't make a very interesting episode at all. And that's for those of you that maybe think that terms of service videos are otherwise interesting. So I do try to be careful with that. Good morning, h and and co-counsel from Wichita, Kansas. Good morning from Virginia. Wouldn't it depend on the right wording of the insurance contract? You're in luck. We have the insurance contract. We'll be looking at some stuff this morning. Uh, if you notice the date the policy is taken out, you could reasonably make an argument that Amber took it knowing that she's going to face a defamation suit. Hmm. We'll look at the dates there. It, it's in the coverage period. Um, but the fact that she's going to face a defamation suit doesn't kill it for her necessarily. Um, we'll, we'll see. We will see. Good morning from Long Beach, California. Uh, is that a COVID inspired background? No, these are fun party decoration planning things. No, no, no. Those are not viruses. Those are maize and blue and white party decorations. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Mr. Ho, will you go through the whole thing? Yeah, we get the we got the lawsuit ready. We're gonna do what amounts to a headlines times virtual legality proper. Where if you've been here with us, you saw, for instance, with the Elon Musk announcement on Friday, we went into the merger agreement. We looked at those clauses. We referenced those documents. We looked at the letter to the SEC. That's that's what we do. We look at primary source material uh, all the time. Uh, and when we were just doing depth v heard stuff because we were otherwise watching the lawsuit, we had that primary material in our heads. Um, but whenever you're doing something of substance like this, I think it's great to go through those materials. So yeah, we're going to be spending a little bit of time going through those documents. Um, what else here? Good morning from Missouri. I've seen Michigan play Michigan State six times and always in East Lansing. Still never been to the big house. Well, you should come. Ann Arbor is fantastic on game day. Uh, it's one of my favorite stadiums and places. Uh, let's see here. Is it federal or California? It's federal, but in California. Um, okay. Uh, uh, let's see, apple pie. I'd watch Hogue in a big stadium. Do we get to bring those number one pointing fingers? Yeah. Should I rent out the big house? Probably not the cheapest experience. Fly everybody in, fill out the thing. Uh, we could do a virtual legality from the 50 yard line. Uh, much like the actual game day, the people past a certain point wouldn't be able to see me basically at all. Uh, but I do love Michigan stadium. Um, let's see, uh, Nicholas Storau. It's annoying to realize that when all this is said and done, Amber, has not had to pay a cent to Johnny Depp or for representation, a dent in her reputation, but not her wallet. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, obviously, with these kinds of cases, uh, you know, this particular insurance company is challenging it. Uh, there is another insurance company that I don't have the policy for, but I do see them as parties to a separate lawsuit from last year. We'll take a look at that one's a little bit quicker uh, and a little bit more clear, but it does suggest that uh, the other insurance company knew that the one that is suing as of this weekend would try to do this uh, as early as the middle of last year, which is which is pretty fun. Uh, Strive 420, I love the Elon content. Fun correcting people and seeing it play out. Laughing emoji, almost makes me feel smart. Uh, laughing emoji in two different orientations for the emoji head. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the Elon stuff is is interesting. Um, you know, there, there was a lot of folks that said, hey, he'd waive due diligence. And, and Twitter's probably going to argue something that looks like that. But Skadden Arps, his counsel, has it right that there wasn't a waiver there. There's informational requirements and things like that. You can check out that video. I think it's 45 or 50 minutes long. We did it immediately after the announcement because uh, we know that folks, especially in this space and virtual reality, like that Elon series. And it's a big, big deal. I do not expect that's the end of that series, as you can hear me say in that video, because I think we're going to go into some litigation now. Uh, Ms. Hoglaw just likes to announce that uh, her, her, her presence. She's giving me uh, post-it notes and fun stuff like that uh, so that I can uh, I can help do things uh, around here. Let's see here. Get every sub in the big house. That would be a weird stadium environment, wouldn't it? What do you think a stadium full of virtual legality subscribers looks like? Um, are they clappers? Do they stand up? Do they stand up in front of each other even when someone yells down in front? Would they try to sneak in uh, like the worst flavored schnapps in their boot uh, to bring it into Michigan Stadium for the virtual legality live show? I have so many questions. Um, do we get any giant flags? Uh, would they have to have a giant M on them? I don't have a flag for virtual legality. Uh, so I love it, but we'll, we will see. We will see. Um, let's see here. I need to check out the Elon video from the Heathers. Please let me know that you shamed him. I was uh, critical of uh, the whole process and both sides and discussing these various things so that, um, you know, folks would have a better understanding of, of why he was operating the way he was talks about the billion dollar guarantee. I think you'll get a, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Do check out that video. Um, my wife says, I think they would be reasonable in the stadium. Okay. Okay. Good joke. Good pun. So early on a Monday morning, but I appreciate it. This is Hoglaw. Apple pie. Thank you so much for the super chat. Two celebratory emojis. I love it. Thank you so much. Fantastic stuff. Um, I think we all have two heads and a hump, says Lemon Fresh. It's possible. It's possible. We could, we could all be deformed in some way and leaning on each other uh, for support uh, throughout our, our difficult lives. I, you know what? That's that's all right. That's it. That's a nice thought, I think. Uh, so let's see. What else do we got here? Um, uh, BLM for the flag, virtual legality matters. See, I'm not stepping into that kind of stuff. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, where's your giant unicorn? Asks Ashley Oaks. You know, that's not going to make sense to a ton of people uh, in this space. Uh, but on the Emily stream, Rob, because of course he did brings out a unicorn. Uh, and so Emily counters with bringing out a unicorn. And I say, I don't have a unicorn, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and my wife comes and brings down the world's largest pink unicorn. Um, so if you want to see that, that is on that stream. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Kelly, I feel it would be similar to most Michigan alum sections, nerdy and into it. Uh, yes, but but Michigan alum sections can be uh, can be different. Uh, I certainly get yelled at for you know clapping too loudly and things like that. The, the Michigan football experience is uh, is an interesting one. Uh, fun times here with a super chat. Congratulations, Hoglaw. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Fantastic stuff. I'm I am really excited about this one. Um, so thank you so much. And uh, yeah, Let's see here, Darth Hideous. There's always that one guy that makes a giant scene, and that would be me most likely. There is. There's always that guy in the section. Um, uh, what else we got here? How long have you guys been married? 15 year anniversary was this past month. 
day after the Depp Heard verdict, actually. Uh, and uh, I we still have to do something uh, fancy for it, honestly. It's, it's in process. Uh, it's in process. Let's see. Um, what else we got here? Love the giant unicorn. It was adorable. It was, actually. I had no idea that was even in our house. Um, unicorns and Emily D. Baker's Purple Hearts. Yeah, fun times. That was a fun stream. Um, the chat called for Rob to get his unicorn. Ah, okay. Because it's a stress ball. Yeah, he squeezes it. Um, and uh, let's just say some of the stories Emily was telling were um, fraught. Fraught. So I'll leave that. I'll leave that as the background there. Um, and then uh, one last super chat before we start getting into the headlines here. Uh, Kiwi Girl 75, unicorn, unicorn, unicorn emoji. Uh, purple heart, purple heart, purple heart, purple heart emoji, clapping, clapping, clapping emoji, hashtag would daddy stack, laughing emoji, laughing emoji, skull and crossbones emoji. And yeah, you'll have to look at the origin for that particular hashtag uh, that that particular stream got trending number one on Twitter uh, on your own time. Uh, but uh, it is, uh, it, it was a very funny stream. Uh, and uh, that half of the Emily stream was the best video I've watched since the trial. Very nice of you to say, I'm just one quarter of what that stream was. But thank you, Dan Overhouse. I appreciate it. Um, and uh, let's see here. Good morning from Lubbock, Texas. You should stream a Michigan game as a headline and hang out this fall. Wow. I love my I love my university. I think they would come down on me like a bag of hammers if I tried to stream direct a live football game here. Depp v. Heard was kind of like a football game. Oh, yeah. No, I would love to announce a Michigan football game. That would be awesome. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Uh, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about depth be heard. Well, you know, I, my goal was achieved, but let's talk about other things uh, as well. And that can include an insurance company. Now, before we get started, I saw folks asking uh, in my comments in the chat before the show began, you know, do you need a lawsuit to actually like determine whether or not your insurance pays? And the answer is no. Your insurance can look at the situation and say, oh, yeah, we, we should definitely owe under that. Uh, as you know, interacting with insurance companies often works. As they say, oh, definitely. We definitely owe money for that. Absolutely no problem. Um, sometimes it's a little bit more problematic than that. Here, what we will see is they've asked for effectively a declaratory judgment, which is to say, rather than paying the money and then suing to get it back, um, they have said, we don't think that we owe this money. This is an actual controversy between us, which, again, we've talked about. The Constitution in the United States doesn't allow for courts to just kind of make hypothetical statements, at least not the federal courts. We do see that other courts and other jurisdictions have different rules and requirements for their judiciaries that do allow them to make what we would otherwise call advisory opinions. Hey, if this happens, how would you feel about it, court? And the United States is at least somewhat unique on this because other jurisdictions definitely allow for advisory opinions, where you can say, rather than go down this road and spend this capital or otherwise take up everybody's time, court, can you tell us whether or not this is legal, how everybody would feel if this situation were to occur? Um, and here, you kind of have something close to that line, uh, but just probably within, within the realm of jurisdiction where they say, look, we've got an argument here. We know we're not going to pay on this. Uh, we think they think we should pay on this. Uh, as you would expect the insured to believe. Uh, and so court, we're asking you to step in and say, we don't have to pay on this. Um, and that's the insurance company asking the court to say, this policy doesn't cover these things uh, so that we don't have to worry about it anymore. And it is a lawsuit, uh, but it is a lawsuit effectively before there would be a problem 
in order to prevent there from being a problem. And the headline item here says insurance company sues Amber Heard to keep from paying for Johnny Depp judgment and legal fees. And I, I wanted to highlight this headline. This is law and crime. We've talked about them uh, in the past, especially when trials are being streamed. But this is a very good headline. This does what it says on the tin. This is exactly what is happening here. And their first paragraph does what it says on the tin. An insurance company, I'd probably use the name here, but they didn't, is suing actress Amber Heard on a three-pronged request that it be absolved of any duty to pay for her defense in a recent defamation case by her ex-husband, Johnny Depp, that it not be required to pay the multi-million dollar judgment won against her, and that it not have to pay any costs of ongoing litigation associated with an appeal. Right. So what they say here is we shouldn't have to do the defense. We shouldn't have to pay for the current judgment and we shouldn't have to pay for anything going forward. And law and crime does a great job of kind of summarizing that. But we can get even more information by actually looking at the documents themselves. So here we have New York Marine and General Insurance Company, a New York corporation versus Amber Heard. And it's filed in the United States District Court, Central District of California, Western Division. It's a federal case brought against her in the federal courts located in California. And you then start off this particular case with a bunch of jurisdiction and venue stuff. Hey, this is worth a lot of money. This is okay in California because that's where she lives. I don't tend to get into jurisdiction and venue when we go over these documents uh, because they're highly technical. Seems like it's good uh, on its face, just judging from afar here. If she lives in California, seems like the appropriate place, clearly worth more than $75,000. And so we can press on from there. Section six, plaintiff New York Marine is a corporation organized under the laws of the state of New York with a principal place of business in New York City within the state of New York. Heard is, and at all times here and mention, an individual who is a citizen and resident of California. New York Marine issued insurance policy number GL20180012500 to named insureds under the Black Sky Inc., which is Amber Heard's production company by all looks of things, and Amber Heard for the policy period July 18th, 2018 to July 18th, 2019, with a per occurrence limit of liability of $1 million. Now that $1 million is what would be applied to damages, not to defense. We'll see that in the section. I'm going to bring up the insurance policy, but this is effectively what they would have to pay out of that $10 million if they have to pay anything at all. A true and correct copy of the policy with premium and address information redacted is attached here too as Exhibit A. The policy includes a comprehensive personal liability coverage, your person. They also include in this, they don't mention it here because it's not pertinent, a general liability policy for property damage and things like that. But this is personal liability for occurrences that happen due to your actions, generally speaking, to cover your negligence and accidents that you might otherwise cause. Insurances for accidents, you'll want to remember that because that's what this company is going to use, especially under California law, where this policy was issued. The policy defines personal injury to mean injury other than bodily injury arising out of one or more enumerated offenses included in the policy, which includes oral or written publication of material that slanders or libels a person or organization, including other forms of defamation and oral or written publication of material, including other forms of defamation that violates a person's right of privacy. So legalese, right? But we can break this down. We can actually go look at the policy itself. So here we find ourselves on page 52 of 66, because I know everybody loves reading insurance policies. Everybody knows how to read insurance policies. In my opinion, insurance policies are probably the hardest contracts to read because they do this 
by taking exceptions and putting them in separate paragraphs on separate pages and applying them kind of systematically to other things like this comprehensive page here in two columns. Uh, I don't like reading insurance policies at all, and I read contracts for a living. But what we're focused on here is coverage L. If a claim is made or a suit is brought against an insured. So just stop the sentence right there. If Amber Heard finds her, herself the subject of a lawsuit, things are going to happen. And that lawsuit is for damages because of bodily injury, property damage, or personal injury caused by an occurrence to which this coverage applies. And we'll look at those definitions in just a second. But if Amber Heard is being sued for causing someone injury based on an occurrence, we'll look at that definition, then what do we do? We can, a, we will have to, A, pay up to our limit of liability for the damages for which the insured is legally liable. So right now, a jury in Virginia has found Amber Heard liable for $10,350,000. They actually tried to find her liable for $15 million, but Virginia lowers that punitive damage award of $5 million down to $350,000. So they found her liable for just over $10 million, which means that this insurance policy in this particular group would have to pay a million dollars on it because that's the premium that Amber Heard or her production company paid for was to cover a million dollars of those damages. Pay up to our limit of liability. And provide a defense at our expense. So in addition to that $1 million, they would provide a defense at their expense by counsel of their choice, even if the suit is groundless, false, or fraudulent. So this is designed to be a comprehensive policy here that says this is going to cover things that may not even be remotely true. It's going to be covered at our expense. We're going to try to win that lawsuit for you. And then if you're still found liable after that process, we'll pay up to a million dollars out of it. We may make any investigation and settle any claim or suit that we decide is appropriate. Our obligation to defend any claim or suit ends when the amount we pay for damages resulting from the occurrence equals our limit of liability. Now, there's stuff here with settlements and things that we could talk about and argue about uh, in, in the future. But suffice it to say, for purposes of this insurance policy, this is what we care about. If she's sued for these things, then they owe up to a million dollars on the damage side of things, and they will defend at their expense the case in question. So we need some of those definitions. What is a personal injury? Because usually you think about personal injury, you think, oh, I am swinging my golf club around in the house uh, and I knock somebody's teeth out. That's a personal injury. That's easy enough. We understand that. We want the insurance to cover that because it's an accident. Didn't mean to knock somebody's teeth out, hopefully. Um, and so the insurance will cover that and, and move on from there. Personal injury means more than that, however, as we saw referenced in the lawsuit, right? Personal injury means injury other than bodily injury arising out of one or more of the following offenses, including oral or written publication of material that slanders or libels a person or organization, including other forms of defamation. So this particular insurance policy, and this is not all insurance policies, actually says if you are being sued for defamation overall, this insurance policy should cover it. That is the cleanest reading of these sections together. But we've got other things that are brought in, right? Because it has to be based on an occurrence, right? We looked at this. Caused by an occurrence. Well, what is an occurrence? <clears throat> occurrence means an accident. Because in general, you can't insure against things you intend to do. And that makes perfect sense. However, <clears throat> the actual act of writing something, publishing something, that's an intentional act in of itself. So we know that the definition of personal injury combined with the definition of occurrence 
combined with what they are selling you, you know, they're charging for this coverage up here, can't mean <clears throat> that the simple act of publishing gives you a willfulness component that gets you out of the insurance policy itself, right? If it did, this would all be false. And that isn't the way we allow our contracts to work. You can't just say this stuff and then say, oh, but by the way, in a different section, if you actually think about it, because you had to decide to allow the Washington Post to publish your op-ed, then that's a willful act. And if it's a willful act, well, then that means it's not an accident. The accident here comes from something a little bit more ephemeral, that it's willful to publish. It's an accident to defame, right? That I didn't mean to defame Johnny Depp. And in fact, they just put up a big lawsuit and a big defense that said, where, where Amber Heard's team said, I didn't want to defame Johnny Depp at all. So Johnny Depp's not referenced, that kind of things. And obviously the jury disagreed, <clears throat> but it isn't solely the fact that the article got published that gets you out of the insurance policy. And, and that's one of the things that I think it's a little bit confused in this lawsuit. And we'll see that as we go on. The underlying lawsuit on March 1st, 2019, John C. Depp II filed a lawsuit against Heard in the Circuit Court of Fairfax County, Virginia. In the underlying action, which is that lawsuit, Depp sought and is seeking damages for defamation based on an op-ed allegedly written by Heard and published in both the online edition of the Washington Post on December 18th, 2018, and in a print edition of the Washington Post on December 19th, 2018, and which was republished by Heard in a tweet on December 19th, 2018. A true and correct copy of the complaint filed by Depp in the underlying action is attached here too, which we're not bringing up again. What's interesting here is allegedly written by Heard is, is just amusing because you do have an actual court finding here and then actually republished without an alleged. Uh, also equally amusing because... Uh, you, you don't have a direct finding on there. So I guess it's it's not alleged, even though what we did find that it was written by Heard uh, is alleged at this point in time. So fun stuff, interesting stuff, interesting writing just from this lawsuit. On or about September 4th, 2019, Heard tendered the underlying action to New York Marine, told them about the lawsuit. On October 1st, 2019, New York Marine accepted Heard's defense. Hey, look at our policy. We say we're going to defend you if one of these things pops up of the underlying action subject to reservation of rights. Specifically, New York Marine advised her that New York Marine would provide a legal defense, but that to the extent California law does not permit an insurer to indemnify the insured, no indemnity can be provided. It's interesting. At the time, Heard tendered the underlying action. The law firm Cameron McAvoy, PLLC, was defending Heard in the underlying action. When New York Marine accepted Heard's defense, New York Marine agreed to continue the defense of Heard through the law firm Cameron McAvoy PLLC. So stopping for just a minute, right? We looked at this. When they get to provide a defense, they get to decide on the counsel, right? At our expense, by counsel of our choice. And in this situation, Amber Heard was working with existing counsel. This insurance company, at least, is impliedly looking at that counsel, decides that it's acceptable to continue the defense and says, all right, we will provide the defense through that particular counsel. New York Marine is informed and believes and on such information and belief alleges. So they don't have perfect evidence right here. This is pled to the court because they go through a discovery process to confirm this, but they, they believe it. You have to have a certain truthfulness here that heard or her agents instructed other firms defending Heard in the underlying action to not include Cameron McAvoy in Heard's ongoing defense. So this particular insurance company says, okay, yes, that firm is fine. We approve that firm. And then the next paragraph they say, and Heard then 
isolated them, said they're not allowed to participate in the defense. And as a result, on or around November 2nd, 2020, Cameron McAvoy withdrew from the defensive herd in the underlying action. Now, that's just background. This is going to come up when they when they say we don't have to pay for the lawyers. The underlying action proceeded to trial beginning on April 11th, 2022. On May 27th, 2022, the court in the underlying action issued jury instructions to the jury. A true and correct copy of the jury instructions are attached. In those jury instructions, the court in the underlying action instructed the jury that with respect to liability issues for Depp's claims against Heard, the jury's verdict must be based on the facts as you find them and on the law contained in all these instructions. Yep. The jury instructions also instruct the jury that with respect to liability issues for Depp's claims against Heard, the issues for the jury to decide whether Ms. Heard made or published any of the following statements, uh, which are the three statements we talked about in the lawsuit. I spoke up against sexual violence. I became a public figure representing domestic abuse. And I had the rare vantage point of seeing in real time how institutions protect men accused of abuse. And as a finding instruction, the court in the underlying action instructed the jury that she'll only return your verdict for Mr. Depp on his claim for defamation if Depp had proved by the greater weight of evidence <clears throat> that Ms. Heard made or published the statement in question. The statement was about Mr. Depp. The statement is false. The statement has a defamatory implication about Mr. Depp. The defamatory implication was designed and intended by Ms. Heard, which I think is ultimately one place where you'll focus. And due to the circumstances surrounding the publication of this statement, it conveyed a defamatory implication to someone who saw it other than Mr. Depp. And it was done with actual malice, which again, despite what Elaine says in the closing arguments of the lawsuit, isn't, I'm angry about this. Actual malice is a term of art in the law for these purposes, defamation law in particular, that says you know it's wrong when you say it, or you are recklessly indifferent to whether or not it's wrong. If Mr. Depp failed to prove any one or more of the seven elements above, then you shall find your verdict for Ms. Heard with respect to the above statement. So you can see why they're doing these jury instructions already, right? We just saw that there's a definition that says only accidents count. We will see that reflected again in the California statute. We heard them reference briefly at the top of their background section here. And now you've got the jury instructions. In order for Ms. Heard to be found liable, the jury had to find things like it was designed and intended by Ms. Heard in a standard of actual malice. The court in the underlying action issued a nearly identical finding instruction for each of the other two statements, which only changed the content of the first element to replace the statement at issue. On June 1st, 2022, the jury in the underlying action returned a verdict in favor of Depp for counts of defamation based on all three statements. This verdict was incorporated into a judgment order, which was entered by the court on June 24th, 2022, and attached as an exhibit. As detailed in the special verdict form with regard to each of the three statements at issue, the jury found that Depp had proven all the elements of defamation. Those ones that we just read were all answered with a yes. Jury awarded $10 million in compensatory damages, $5 million in punitive damages, which is lowered to $350 under the statutory cap. So that's all background. What you see here is an 11-page lawsuit, unlike some of the other lawsuits that we regularly go over in virtual legality, right? As I've mentioned before, when you get all the flowery language and all the rhetoric and devices and quotes and things like that, those are really written for the press or even for us here on YouTube, rather than written for the court. You don't need all of this. This is a much more kind of by the numbers insurance complaint asking for declaratory judgment and just says, here's the jury instructions. Here's the willfulness component. And now we're going to get to our first cause of action. We're going to get you in and out the door in 10 pages, your honor. First cause of action, declaratory relief, asking for the court to say, hey, this is okay. 
as to plaintiff's duty to indemnify Heard for the judgment order, the $10 million that has already been found. Plaintiff incorporates its background and then references this California statute directly. Uh, California statute provides that an insurer is not liable for a loss caused by the willful act of the insured, but he is not exonerated by the negligence of the insured or of the insured's agent or others. So if we look at this, that's exactly what it says. It's all that it says. An insurer is not liable for a loss caused by the willful act of the insured. If the insured acted intentionally in some form or fashion, then under California law, and this is very broadly written, so I'm sure it's a subject matter of interpretation, and California lawyers would probably know better than me exactly where the bounds of this are. But as an overall kind of thesis statement, so we don't insure intentional bad acts here. That's a bad public policy. Nobody does. And so this particular insurance company says, well, that gets us out of this, right? They say this provision is an implied exclusionary clause, which by statute is read into all insurance policies under California law. Now, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You'd still want, in general, insured parties to have knowledge of what is otherwise modifying uh, their insurance policy that they think they're buying. An exclusionary clause, of course, is the exceptions that an insurance company puts to the coverage that you've otherwise purchased for them for their premium. It's that big, long list of pages that say this doesn't apply in the case of a biological attack, or this doesn't apply for reason X, Y, or Z. And so this company is saying, well, look, that California statutory code exists. Uh, we can't obviously do something that's against the law. Uh, and so an insured isn't liable uh, in this particular context. But that's reading it pretty broadly, especially when the insured may or may not know that that actually applies to them. The jury's factual findings establish that Heard's liability is called, caused by the willful acts of Heard. This is basically the entirety of the argument you're going to get from them. This one sentence, uh, which in most contexts, I would argue, is essentially conclusory, uh, that it's not a terribly great pleading, because what you want to see in this context is something the equivalent of, hey, this is why it's willful. This is why it pops out of our uh, policy coverage, because if it didn't, um, if it, if, if, if it didn't, then we owe money for both the defense <clears throat> and we owe money for the damages up to that limit. So we need to make sure that this is clear. And if I were the insurance company, I'd actually go into this paragraph 29 and the other paragraphs that look just like this and explain like that chat we saw earlier in the video, that it's because this requires uh, an actual malice standard. It's because that you actually have um, these specific obligations. And if the jury actually finds against you while you potentially defamed Johnny Depp, then that means it's a standard that's much higher than something that we should be insuring against. Um, so to me, I think that they did a rather poor job here because they just say it as a conclusion. The jury's factual findings established that Heard's liability is caused by the willful acts of Heard. How? Why? And, and one of the reasons I think this is very important here is because they are already agreeing to cover defamation. So what you might think is you might think all defamation is willful because this isn't clubbing someone with a golf club. This isn't somebody slipping or otherwise getting confused about something. This is a deliberate act. You publish something and later on somebody finds it to be defamatory. And in all honesty, I think there are defense points for Amber Heard here to say that while it might have been found defamatory, at no point did I intend it to be, right? There is testimony in the lawsuit that says she submitted this statement to other counsel 
to check for defamatory implications. And with that as your background, I think that's a pretty good argument that even if it was found to be defamatory, it wasn't intentionally defamatory uh, by her. Obviously, you can argue the other way. In fact, Johnny Depp's team did uh, and says she knows it's defamatory. That's why she's going through lawyers, all these various things. But the point is, is that this particular lawsuit doesn't really go into any details at all. So we're left kind of guessing as to what you mean. Why? Why did the jury's factual findings lead to this particular outcome? Uh, and while it might be actual malice, which would make some amount of sense, uh, it doesn't necessarily lead there. And you shouldn't be asking the court to guess on your behalf. It's a bad position to put them in. An actual controversy has arisen and now exists between plaintiff on the one hand and herd on the other hand with regard to the duties and obligations owed between plaintiff and herd under the policy with respect to the judgment order. Plaintiff contends that it has no duty to indemnify herd for the judgment order entered on June 24th. Plaintiff is informed and believes and on such information and belief alleges that herd disputes plaintiff's contention and asserts that the policy provides indemnity coverage for herd for the judgment order entered on June 24th, which is a lot of lawyers saying, look, your honor, we know that this doesn't look necessarily like we got a lawsuit right this second, but we need to explain to you that this is an, a current controversy that money is going to have to change hands or not. So we need this declaratory judgment and we should get one under the, the United States code due to the actual and present controversy described above. Um, and so declaratory judgments, a little bit more special than, than actual lawsuits. Uh, I suppose the court could potentially deny on that basis. I don't know that they would uh, here, uh, but I can't pretend to have expertise in these kinds of insurance disputes. Um, so that's what's happening here. As they say, look, we know it looks like it might not be ripe yet um, for a, a litigation. This is still an active controversy. And if you don't give us this declaratory judgment, we would have to send millions of dollars uh, to other people. And then how are we better off any party for having to go and then litigate that? Uh, so it's essentially trying to say, let's not, let's not have the money leave our accounts before getting legal redress. Second cause of action is almost identical to the first. We don't have to, this is, we don't have to identify herd for what we know is the current damages. This is, we don't have to indemnify herd for any judgment in the underlying action uh, whatsoever, wherever it might go, appeals or otherwise, same exact argument, same exact paragraphs, really. They then want declaratory relief as to plaintiff's duty to defend herd in the underlying action on the policy. So this is about the lawyers. Because the jury's factual findings regarding Heard's liability to debt required a finding of willful acts by Heard to establish liability, California Public Policy and California Insurance Code 533 preclude New York Marine from having any obligation to defend Heard in the underlying action. An insurer is not liable for a loss caused by the willful act of the insured. Uh, now, I don't know if that is actually precluding them. They aren't strictly liable. I don't know if they are not allowed uh, to actually identify. That seems to be what they are arguing here with that preclusion language. Uh, that doesn't actually read that way to me. It says you don't have to be liable, uh, but it may or may not be interpreted by California as this particular insurance company suggests. Um, but again, we just have this kind of conclusory statement. Well, it's willful acts. We know it's willful insofar as she published a statement. That can't be what you're relating to. Do you mean to imply insurance company that even though you don't write it anywhere in your policy. This, despite reference to defamation, doesn't count for defamation in public figures because that seems like the kind of thing we would want insurance companies to mention, right? You've already dragged in a California code that apparently was so important to you to bring this lawsuit, but not important enough for you to reference directly in your policy portfolio here, uh, because if you did, you'd certainly reference it in this particular document in the lawsuit, but also... You don't bother to tell people that are otherwise paying you money for a defamation 
uh, protection for defamation coverage that, by the way, this isn't going to apply if you have been found to defame really important people or otherwise public people. That's the kind of thing as an insurance company we want you to mention in general. So this isn't the world's strongest lawsuit here. It's got conclusory sentences. Uh, it has a lot of kind of logic faults here. Uh, and that's before we get to the, the fourth cause of action here, which I suppose might be stronger. This is where they say we don't owe for the lawyers because she cut off our lawyer. The comprehensive personal liability coverage part of the policy provides under conditions, duties after loss, that Heard must help New York Marine by seeing that enumerated duties are performed, including helping New York Marine with the conduct of suits and attending hearings and trials, right? We will defend you at our expense, but you have to make sure that if we need you for a deposition, we need you at a hearing, we need you to help us with the trial or otherwise that you will do so. At that point, New York Marine is represented by this one particular law firm and New York Marine is informed and believes and on such information and belief alleges that after New York Marine accepted Heard's defense, Heard both individually and through her agents, and agents are brought up here to indicate to me that it's really more through her agents, refused to help New York Marine with the conduct of the suit and instructed other defense firms representing Heard not to include defense counsel provided by New York Marine in the ongoing defense of Heard in the underlying actions. We don't know what happened here, but we do know that Amber Heard's team was trying to defend her from actual liability. The fact that they lost uh, is neither here nor there. Uh, but whether or not New York Marine actually got legitimate counsel, was actually allowed to participate in this defense as they had negotiated for in their own contract, is going to be you know, a matter of interpretation. If they didn't, if the actual facts and circumstances here suggest that Amber Heard and her team kicked this particular counsel out, then I do think as an insurance company, you at least have a leg to stand on to say, we pay for this and we pay for that, the damages, based on the premise that we get to participate in the defense. We take it over, not out of the goodness of our hearts, but because we think we have the best chance of preventing the big loss that will otherwise hurt our company. So if we don't get the chance to do that, then we probably need to re-examine whether or not we have liability to you. And so I think that argument is decent, and it depends in large part on what that actual relationship looked like, much more so than just kind of the willfulness stuff, which might be actual malice. Uh, but if it is, in fact, the case, then that would mean that their entire policy doesn't apply to public figures, and they didn't tell anyone uh, before this particular lawsuit. Uh, wherefore, plaintiff respectfully requests that this court enter a judgment declaring that plaintiff has no duty to indemnify Heard for the judgment order on June 24th, has no duty to indemnify Heard for any liability uh, coming out of that case, and has no duty to defend Heard on an ongoing basis or in connection with any appeal, award us costs, and grant us such further relief as the court deems just and proper. This is the insurance company saying, we're out. But the fun fact of this is that the... Other insurance company that covers Amber Heard apparently knew that this was the way this was going to go down. So in July of 2021, Travelers Commercial Insurance Company, another insurance company, sues New York Marine for its own set of declaratory relief and equitable contribution of defense expenses. So in this lawsuit, again, insurance companies liking to do it efficiently. This is only seven pages here. They say, Defendant New York Marine and General Insurance Company's failure to meet its obligation to provide its and travelers mutual insured, that's Amber Heard, with independent counsel and other counsel necessary to defend their insured is a breach of its insurance policy and its obligations under California law and has unfairly forced travelers to pay New York Marine's proper share of defense costs. 
Travelers has been damaged by this conduct and it is entitled to judgment in the form of a declaration that New York Marine was obligated to provide the mutual insured with independent counsel. Moreover, under the doctrine of equitable contribution, Travelers is entitled to reimbursement from New York Marine of half of the money that Travelers has spent thus far to defend their mutual insured with independent counsel and other counsel experts and vendors, while New York Marine has wrongfully refused to do so. So remember, New York Marine is saying that, oh, our counsel was kicked out by the other people's counsel. Travelers undoubtedly has its own counsel that it's paying for. Travelers says, now, wait a minute. You guys haven't contributed anything or enough to the defense at all. And so we're going to sue for a declaration. The court finds that you are obligated to pay for this defense. Now, this is the earlier lawsuit, but it's still pending. The law moves slowly, and I believe it was stayed for the time of the trial. Uh, but this is another insurance company. This is an insurance fight over who's who owes what to whom. And we see here that Travelers thinks that New York Marine absolutely owes under its policy, and that at least Travelers is indicating in this lawsuit that they are currently acting on the concept that they owe money, certainly under their own policy, that we don't have a copy of for purposes of this conversation. You get the jurisdiction and venue argument. We're not going to go too deeply there. In or about March 2019, the mutual insured of Travelers in New York Marine was sued in Virginia State Court. The lawsuit stated a claim for defamation, and Travelers in New York Marine each owed the mutual insured a defense from the date the action was tendered to it. New York Marine issued commercial general liability insurance policy, as we said, 12500 here. It covered, among other things, what we said. The New York Marine policy promised a defense to any lawsuit seeking such damages. The mutual insured tendered the underlying action to New York Marine, which designated the matter as a claim and agreed to defend the mutual insured under a reservation of rights issued on October 1st, 2019. The terms of New York Marine's reservation triggered the rights of its insured to be defended by independent counsel of the mutual insured's choosing at New York Marine's expense. So, the way this reservation worked is that Amber Heard got to pick it. Um, so it's not strictly speaking New York Marine's choice of counsel at this particular point. And New York Marine instead appointed defense counsel of its choice, and it repeatedly refused demands by the mutual insured and by travelers to participate in the defense with counsel of the mutual insured's choosing. So this is a fight about how reservations of rights work. So this insured company, New York Marine, says, we don't know that we owe you anything if there's a willful conduct component, which we saw writ large now in their current lawsuit. Traveler says, no, no, if you reserve rights that way, then Amber Heard gets to pick her defense uh, and you have to pay for it. And then we, we sort things out as that reservation either uh, happens or doesn't happen. And New York Marine, according to Travelers, then intentionally violated its duty to its mutual insured and to Travelers under the New York Marine policy and under California law. So Travelers has its counsel. That's what Amber Heard likes. New York Marine tries to go with the earlier counsel, and it becomes a fight over which lawyers are representing who, how the California Civil Code operates against both of them. And now New York Marine coming up this last weekend saying, well, we're not going to pay for one dime of any of this. So this was known as of last year that this was likely happening with respect to her insurance company. So it doesn't technically change what was probably the expected status quo in Amber Heard's camp for this particular set of headlines. But it is interesting, uh, right? And, and insurance companies have different policies. They have different um, cultures of what they're going to sue for. And it's important when you, when you buy one of these policies, they actually think about uh, what company you're buying it from. So overall, interesting stuff. Insurance companies fighting over whether or not they have to pay anything for Amber Heard. We haven't heard anything from travelers indicating that they aren't going to pay their portion, but if it should come down the pipe, that would add even more pressure on Amber Heard for all of this. Um, so that's the background here. 
Uh, and what do you all think about it? We've got some super chats that apparently have their own thoughts that we'll go over, of course. Uh, but if you just want to flag me for a little bit more conversation here in uh, in the Hangouts after headlines portion of the episode, please do just tag at Hoglaw. That's the best way for me to see it. And I will uh, get to some of these as we talk about them. Uh, so let's see here. We've got uh, a few that we already covered. We have a question from Lian G. Does this mean it failed arbitration or can it go right to court filing slash lawsuit? This insurance issue, this is asking the court for a declaration. So in terms of arbitration, I'd have to look at their insurance policy and see exactly what kind of uh, rules they have for jurisdiction and venue. We can see if we could scroll through here behind the scenes. Uh, but in general, this is this is kind of preempting the whole prospect of the contract uh, by saying, court, can you please tell us, can you please confirm for us that this contract doesn't even apply to this set of circumstances, right? that this contract only talks about occurrences, only talks about accidents. And so by the time that you are defaming a public figure as found by a jury of your peers, then it doesn't apply at all. Now, Travelers is right to note that, as we mentioned, when we're looking at what the actual coverage is, they say that they're going to defend. They say they're going to defend if it's groundless, if it's false, if it's fraudulent. It doesn't have an obvious reference to the fact that they don't want to defend if they might not otherwise owe on it. Now, it only applies to things they might owe on, so it becomes a kind of technical argument uh, that a judge, in all likelihood, would have to determine in the long run. But when they're evaluating these things and they don't want to pay, then you see kind of them throwing things at the wall like you do in this particular insurance lawsuit. Thank you for the question. A-Train, unlike the 107000 that packed the big house, you don't consistently leave your fans disappointed. Why? Just so sad. So congrats to you and go Buckeyes. We won last year. I'm hanging on to that. I think we were one in 17 or something in the last 18 years. Uh, but yes, well, I appreciate I appreciate the concept that I don't leave my fans disappointed. I don't appreciate the shade at my Wolverines, but we'll see you in the fall. It'll be a good time. Uh, that Sarah, good morning from sunny California where it's 5 a.m. Good morning. That is early and already 70 degrees. Ooh, hot, sweaty emoji. And even my dog emoji pet insurance policy has Cali fraud and intention endorsements. Yeah, right? So it seems to me like you can write those in uh, if you want to make damn sure that they actually get you out of coverage that you don't want to have. Uh, but it does also strike me that there's a big problem with you offering a defamation policy and then just saying, ah, oh, clearly that required willfulness and intentionality that gets us out of this. I'm not as clear as you are, uh, insurance company. Van D, so U.S. homeowners are paying for the defamation defense costs of others via their premium. Isn't that a form of public subsidizing, question mark? As an average individual, what is your risk of defaming someone else willfully or by accident? Well, I mean, I can tell you, for instance, that as this channel has gone uh, larger, uh, gotten bigger, I've been looking into uh, making sure that I have uh, you know, defamation defense insurance coverage and things. Uh, for this channel, not because I am going to defame anyone or even or intentionally, certainly, uh, but because, as we've talked about, you don't have to have done anything to get sued in the United States. Right. Anybody can sue any, anybody for anything. And I want to make sure, you know, the, uh, more and more people that I talk to and more and more statements that I make on a regular basis uh, that I would have somebody that would defend those kinds of claims and that would hopefully, you know, uh, get 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 us out of trouble there, um, even though I, I, I know me, I know what I say uh, and I don't. I don't defame anyone. It's still important to have insurance when you have exposure uh, like that. As for subsidization, the answer is yes. Uh, but if you agree to be a part of an insurance pool, um, that's that's within your bounds to agree or disagree to whether or not you want to participate in that insurance pool. So it's really up to you. So I don't know that there's a problem with that 
as long as you know that that's what you're doing, right? So if you are subsidizing someone and you don't like it, you know, go look for another insurance pool, go look for another insurance company that maybe handles things differently. Um, but as for paying for other people's defense, yes, that's what insurance companies do because the insurance company ostensibly thinks it's in the best position to keep those damage numbers down and to hopefully keep losses down uh, for the insurance company. And then again, hopefully keep premiums down for the customers it wishes to attract. Britt Cormier, I love how one lawsuit just keeps spawning more lawsuits. That said, insurance companies like casinos do not get rich by giving payouts. Both will find any loophole to keep from paying the winners. Insurance companies are uh, always going to see whether or not they have to pay that claim. That is absolutely true. That said, as you could probably tell from virtual legality and from lawyers and legal questions in general, there are ethical, fair ways to look at contracts and say, you know what? The actual bulk, the spirit of this, everything else suggests that we should pay, even if we could potentially try to jam that truck through that little hole uh, in that sentence. And there are insurance companies that are better and there are insurance companies that are worse. So like everything, unfortunately, you have to do your homework a little bit on these things and then you know, hope everything works out uh, if you ever need to make a claim uh, on one of these policies. But yes, insurance companies will look and they'll make sure before they pay you a million dollars that they really have to pay you a billion dollars. So that's very true, Brett. Very true. T in Tennessee with a super sticker. Thank you so much for the support. That is awesome, T in Tennessee. It's good to see you in the space. I really appreciate it. Um, and then let's see if we've got um, anything that gets flagged here. Uh, we've just got, I don't even know what this is about, but I just like it. Upside Down says, wow. I like to think it's about the decorations. Uh, I think the decorations are a big wow. Um, what else we got here? Uh, some internet issues. Good morning from Louisiana, from Michelle DeForge. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Louisiana. Um, maybe Rottenborn was paid by travelers, which is why his legal defense was more compelling than Elaine's client-led strategy. Uh, I mean, at least from what New York Marine says, their their law firm didn't isn't a part of what we saw at all. Um, but they got uh, they got kicked out or left in 2020, um, and uh, they didn't they didn't participate. Um, Caro, the only winners here are the lawyers that make big bucks working the files. In general, when we're talking about large-scale litigation, the biggest, most consistent winners are the lawyers. That's what they do. Um, let's see here. Uh, Charlie says they're all being paid by travelers. As Elaine is a lead counsel firm being paid, and it has been agreed that travelers is paying the assisting firm's experts, uh, et cetera. So yeah, that strikes me as correct. Um, I don't have any backing on that, but at least as described in these lawsuits, it suggests for the fact that Travelers has done the independent counsel thing, has otherwise uh, put forward the money for these defenses. That's what that lawsuit is about, is asking for this other insurance company to pay its portion uh, on an equitable principle that says, uh, if you both have that obligation, it shouldn't just be us uh, that are paying. Uh, got some folks in here in the chat talking about internet outages. Um Todd M, does New York Marine claim bad faith on Amber's part because she brought the bought the insurance just months before the op-ed? And as we know, she consulted lawyers about being sued if she published. They don't. Now, the lawsuit doesn't have a kind of uh, latches or equitable estoppel concept in it. It, it acknowledges that the policy is active. Uh, and it doesn't argue that point. So I think it's pretty much waived uh, at this level. The policy is active, but what does the policy say is essentially their argument. And they say, look, in a case like this one where the jury has to find actual malice, and intentionality in the defamation, uh, then it can't be something that we have to cover. Uh, and also we shouldn't cover the defense. And I think the defense is really where travelers gets upset 
um, because we don't know what the jury's going to find out afterwards. It looks like this insurance company effectively just held its money, uh, lasted out the traveler's lawsuit, and now has in its back pocket that a jury found against its client and says, look, this was never something that we should have had to cover. And so we're not going to cover it now. Uh, like I said, it's conclusory in the way that it's pled. I don't know whether that will be a problem for it or not. Uh, but it does make it difficult to analyze what they're talking about, even though we can make assumptions about what part of the jury instructions they think are specifically problematic. But also those jury instructions, with the exception of actual malice, are going to be the same regardless of whether it's a public figure or not. And so it can't be in general, the law abhors this, that you sign up for an insurance policy, you pay the premium, it says it covers defamation, and then by practical implication of what they're saying right now, it could never cover def defamation because something else in the normal jury instructions otherwise uh, means that it's willful or gets you out of other points of the of the contract. If you say you're going to cover things like defamation, we're not going to love it if you use kind of magic bells and whistles to say, actually, no, it's never going to cover defamation because of X, Y, and Z. Um, let's see here. Um We've got Tiny Trifle saying Travelers has paid $5 million. I don't know uh, any of the specifics here. Um, am I right in saying that if it's a $1 million claim, it still leaves Amber needing to find $7 million even if they do pay out? Yes. Um, well, it's it's $10 million and then Johnny Depp owes two and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but yes, uh, it, you've got an occurrence limit. You've got an aggregate limit in that policy. Uh, and it's $1 million. I didn't show that page. You saw them plead to it in the in the filing. But it is a $1 million that that, that, that shows on the insurance policy, uh, which means that they would owe for the defense, which obviously can exceed that amount as it did in this particular case. And they would owe a million dollars for damages if they find that the policy applies to this particular set of circumstances. Barbam, go blue. Wolverines is a great name for a team. I really like these. This is good stuff. Um, Dan Boy, what's your thoughts on the EU making USB-C law and forcing pre-installed apps to be removable? I think if I can do the research on this and I might wait for it to be formally approved, I'm going to talk extensively about the digital acts that the European Union is in the process of passing because there's going to be a war over those uh, with Google and Apple and, and the European Union. So it's on my list. Trust me on that. Oh my gosh, I just noticed the background at Hoglaw. It's amazing. Hearts in your eyes emoji. I can't do this kind of thing. This is way beyond my powers. That is absolutely 100% co-counsel. Uh, and she very much appreciates it. Um, New York Marine paid $600,000 up until they were excluded from the legal defense. They don't want to pay any more and want a refund of what was already paid based on the underlying action uh, as they define it. Uh, and again, I don't know the specific history here, but that does match up with the timeline that they described in the lawsuit. Um, Tiny trifle. Honestly, I think Amber Heard didn't necessarily lie. I thought she said the lawsuit cost her six million. It can also imply that her insurance paid in her stead. Um, yeah, and insurance paying is still cost, um, and and it will reflect on premiums in the future and that kind of thing. Um, Ruby Rudy, I am not a lawyer, but I am a California resident, and CA tends to take issue with insurance policies that do not allow the insured to choose who provides services under the policy, uh, which is fair. That's one of the things travelers arguing about, especially when there's a reservation of rights. Uh, and yeah, California as a jurisdiction, general rule here, is more uh, specifically active in revising, changing, or refusing to enforce provisions of contracts uh, that you or the insurance company or your employer have otherwise entered into, right? California is one of the jurisdictions in the United States where you can't have a non-compete that just relates to your employment 
provisions. Almost every other jurisdiction in the country allows you to have a non-compete provision. California doesn't. It's void for public policy. Um, and so California gets active when it talks about these kinds of things. Um, Mike asked, why corporate shell company insurance should cover personal liability? Who advised her to take this insurance and to form said company? Who said shell company formed to get the insurance coverage? I don't know any of the answers to these questions, uh, but they are good ones. If you look at the general liability page on this particular insurance coverage, it does say shell company coverage, um, and then it's whatever it is beyond uh, the sky. And uh, it does appear to be a liability protection approach, but I don't know where that came from. And you don't see the insurance company arguing that the policy itself should somehow be void for that structuring. Um, so it is interesting, and I would love to get some answers to that, but it doesn't directly impact what we're looking at in this lawsuit. Um, what else we got here? Uh, at Hogue Law from Adhi uh, Singanaller, I apologize uh, in advance. What about Amber and Elaine lying during testimony and closing about Amber, not travelers paying $5 million? Um, well, I mean, I think that lying, right, lying requires intentionality. And if you are just um, uh, completely... Uh, up your own whatever, I think you're not necessarily lying as much as you're trying to manipulate. But I think that um, the traveler's insurance company fight is going to be one of the more interesting angles to this. Uh, and I don't think that what actually happened in court, where you do have litigation privilege and you do have these kinds of things, is going to matter as much as what are in those contract documents and how these various jurisdictions interpret what those particular provisions say. Um Let's see here. I do have some folks reminding people, if you're enjoying this content, please do like. Uh, you don't have to subscribe necessarily. I can't promise this background every day, for for instance. Uh, but please do like. Tell YouTube that we're having these conversations. Thank you so much, Chad. I appreciate that. <clears throat> uh, Sardinism's Hogue Law, in case it's missed, does not liable statute mean the same as cannot identify, indemnify reservation of rights. One seems like a may, not being used like a shall. Right. <clears throat> So this is the preclude discussion, right? California says you're not liable. Um, and the question is, is if you're not liable for a willful act and these kinds of things, one, we have the obvious question, was there a willful act? Um, and you try, you're trying to insure for defamation. So that can't be what is the willful act here. But two, if we say you are not liable, does it mean you are prohibited from paying anything to the insured? on this basis. And I don't know that it does. That said, California can do weird things with statutes. So I'm not going to pretend that they can't and say that that provision of their insurance code is designed for public policy because we don't want people to be insured against deliberate acts. And so we don't want insurance companies to be even allowed to do that kind of thing. So I could see that happening. That is not what is written specifically in the statute, but these statutes do have a tendency to grow tentacles. Rubia, nice review. It is typical to have a policy uh, that results in defense only in California. New York is unlikely to pay. I have handled insurance coverage in California. Fantastic. Thank you for the context. Yeah, jurisdictions are fun, right? So clearly their specialty is New York. They're covering in California. They have these various things uh, that they're trying to cover. And they've asked for the court to say, we don't owe money on this. Travelers fighting them tooth and nail. But I would be interested to see how this finds out. Thank you so much, Ruby. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, as you could probably tell already, insurance, insurance coverage, insurance claims, insurance losses is highly regulated, is highly dependent on the jurisdictions at issue, highly dependent on the policies of those jurisdictions at issue, and all technical based on contracts that are largely the same in concept, but have little tiny differences in various paragraphs 
all over the place. It is a specialty area. You have uh, insurance lawyers uh, that cover this specifically. Uh, and yeah, the California insurance lawyer is going to know best on this stuff. But their arguments uh, are conclusory in the lawsuit, which might mean, hey, it's not a great lawsuit, as I said, in terms of understanding for a third party. But it also might mean, hey, we, we think this is a winner. We, we've done our research. We know exactly how these courts have looked at this particular issue, particularly when applying California concepts. And so we don't think we even need to say anything more on this. So it's fantastic chat. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Deborah Lee, I'm confused. How do insurance companies earn money by offering these insurances where they have to pay tons of dollars to lawyers and verdicts? Pools, right? So you've got what we call underwriters and they say, all right, we'll take on this particular client <clears throat> and uh, this client has X percent chance of uh, us owing defamation money or any other thing that we otherwise cover uh, money. And so if we get those percentages right, then we can set the, the rates that we charge our premiums at, what the cost of the insurance is. And if we get the pool big enough and we get enough people and we set everything right, then we can make some margin more than we spent, right? So if you imagine that there were a hundred celebrities and only one Amber Heard, if we figured out what number the premium should be, that covered what we'd have to pay for Amber Heard, then we could still make money. Now, it's a very regulated industry, which also means you're working with insurance commissions and state regulatory bodies, and you can only do so much stuff with your premiums and your rates and all this various stuff. Insurance is regulated to hell and back, but that's how they make money. Um, so I purchase a homeowner's insurance policy, for instance, that I haven't had to make a claim on, right? I haven't had to make a claim on it, and that's fantastic, but that means that I have burned money in a fire. And I burned money in a fire because I wanted to make sure that I was otherwise covered if there were actually a fire burning. And that money that was sent to the insurance company was used as their pool. And a portion of it went out to those people that did have a problem with their homeowner's insurance. That's how it all works. Uh, and here, you know, New York Marine had a policy for all of six months before the, the hell breaks loose from what Amber Heard publishes and says, no, screw this. We got whatever our premium was. Uh, this is a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money, a lot, a lot of tea. And so we don't want to pay. We don't want to otherwise engage with this uh, on the same way. Does that mean that they'll get out of it? No, uh, but it does mean that they really don't want to pay for it if they can avoid it. Um, see here, guys in the U.S., insurance is usually a year and you renew it annually for another year. I think the date is a coincidence. <clears throat> Certainly could be. I don't know what the historical relationship was with this company before then. Absolutely, all my, all my insurance policies are annual. I can definitely vouch for that even though I've been with the same insurer for things like my malpractice uh, now for six years, seven years, um, it is still uh, date to date um, uh, for whatever your insurance policies is for, for a one year period at a time. Um, let's see here. What else we got? Um, I believe the amount in the rebuttal are listed in the amended complaint. Uh, they, this one actually references $50 million, I think, uh, on it, as well as $100 million going back. Um, Law, what is your favorite Arkham game? Arkham Asylum, the original, the one that is most like a Metroidvania. I, I, I like open world video games, but they have, um, they have taken over the industry. So I do like games that are still not open world just yet. Um, what else do we have here? Hoglaws, <laughs> don't forget the actuaries. They don't have lives as it is. That's correct. Um, yes, actuaries, underwriters, all the mathematicians, economists, and statisticians that help make an insurance company try to figure out what those numbers should be in order to make sure that they don't go under. Uh, it's quite uh, it's quite magic stuff. And if you if you've looked at data analytics, 
insurance companies have uh, some of the most robust uh, for exactly that reason. Um, Abigail says, so insurance like works for the same reason as the lottery. Lots of people pay only get some money. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike the lottery, though, uh, you do get the concept. You, you do get the peace of mind, uh, as the as the marketing says, that if you have a legitimate insurance company that is going to pay out on the claims, uh, then you're putting those premiums in a fire, as I just said, so that if something really bad were to happen, you'd otherwise be covered. It's much the same concept of any kind of you know catastrophic coverage or otherwise health insurance, uh, things like that, where there are there are costs that could cripple you and you insure against those. Uh, Britt Cormier, uh, insurance and casinos have the same business model, but they sell different products. Lots of people laying into the pot, but few payouts. Uh, I mean, that's 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 right, uh, certainly. Uh, Mandy Stevens, Amber Heard's lie is not what she paid for lawyers, but it's why the money was not donated to charity. She claimed it was because Johnny Depp sued her. Uh, that's true. Okay, so I get what you're saying on this now. Um, yes, that she said that she couldn't pay the $7 million out because she was getting sued. I don't view that as a lie. Um, if you're getting sued for $50 million, I think that a reasonable person could say that even if I'm not paying directly for my legal costs, I can still say I am now under financial and economic pressure that I would prefer not to be under. And now I've circled the wagons, right? During the pandemic, for instance, as I'm running my law firm, I immediately, even though I can still pay my bills and everything else, cut costs and try to make sure that things work even though everything is still functioning, I start to react to what might not function in the future. And I want to welcome here, Kurt from Uncivil Law. How are you doing, Kurt? It's been a while. I'm, having, I'm having a great morning. I just woke up and I saw you were still streaming and I was happy because it meant that I could join you. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we're going to do about uh, 10 or 15 more minutes, I think. Excellent. Um, well, 10 or 15 more minutes is fantastic. And then I'll do some more bar stuff. Oh, oh, good, good. How's that going, by the way? I know you're studying. I hit 80% last time. Nice. See, you're going to pass. I know. When I'm not worried held? about it. When is it held? Uh, two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow. All right. Plenty of time. All right. And I'm sure that'll be a, a monkey off your back when you finally uh, either just take it, regardless of how it goes. Just taking it is a, is a good step. If I recall. I'm, I'm not that worried about it. I'll be fine. <laughs> I wasn't that worried about the first time around. It seemed to work out okay. Uh, man, I, I think if I had to take it again right now, it would uh, it would be more of an ordeal. I remember it from years and years and years ago, but I haven't left Michigan. So here we are. Um, so we're just going over the lawsuits. We went over both of the we went over yeah. the insurance lawsuit that was just filed this weekend. And we went over the travelers lawsuit that originally asked for uh, equitable contribution last year uh, against this company. And, and just talking about the details here. Uh, Kaidos. Sorry if stupid question, no stupid questions. Well, there are stupid questions, but I'm going to entertain them even if they're stupid. In an alternate universe, Amber Heard won the $100 million countersuit. Does it mean her insurance pays for all her legal fees and Amber Heard gets to keep all $100 million without paying any legal fees? Well, they would pay for the defense. We saw that in this statement. Travelers seems to have a similar one in the lawsuit that they said. And then there can be rights of subrogation and equitable sharing for those kinds of things. I, we're not reading through every provision of these insurance policies. Um, but in general, insurance companies, you don't need to worry about them. Uh, insurance companies will find the way to make sure that they are that they are handled on these things. Um, so if she won uh, as part of this, technically that's not the same lawsuit. So the defense is still kind of separate and the defense just wins. Uh, but I'm sure that there would be conversations and certain insurance companies would suggest that they had a portion of that money that they should maybe get uh, in that instance. Uh, but certainly not here where she didn't win $100 million. Uh, and the lawyers cost even more than the $2 million that was otherwise granted to her. 
What amazes me is that apparently the legal fees are uncapped in terms of the coverage. It is. Well, yeah, from what is read here, it's just we'll pay for the defense. <laughs> which which apparently is more than the amount of underlying liability, which doesn't really make sense, but okay. Well, well, as it turned out, it is, right? When you're fighting it and it's a $50 million. Yeah, lawsuit. but you would imagine that there's going to be like a provision. Like if you're, if you're capped at a million dollars, I mean, I don't know what the traveler's policy said. But for example, under the marine yeah. policy, it's like we're going to cover a million dollars. I'm like, well, if it's more than a million dollars of legal fees, then we're done. We've, right. we've exhausted we've exhausted our total amount of possible liability. So okay, good luck. Right. No, instead they keep it completely separate. Uh huh. We'll, we'll right. pay our million up to damages, and we'll pay our defenses. Um. So yeah, no, it's uh, it it certainly looks like an uncapped obligation uh, to pay defenses, but. I mean, then you get into arguments because Traveler says because they reserve rights under the California code that Amber gets to pick uh, under California law. And then uh, and then you get into cap situations, right? Well, OK, so it's uncapped because we get to pick the defense. But if you get to pick the defense, you know, but but none of that is written in here. I mean, one of the problems they have is they're referring out to California code instead of a, what should be an exclusionary provision in their own damn insurance policy. Mm. So, I mean, like there's all sorts of weird things happening here that make their lawsuit less strong than it otherwise could be. Yeah, and also as I was pointing out when I was on with good logic, there's 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 a potential logic issue here because let's assume the California code applies. It says it doesn't apply to willful conduct, and I'm like, well, is that necessarily something that has been found by a jury? Because under um, actual malice, right, it's knowledge of falsity or reckless disregard. Yep. It's like okay, well, so it could be either one. So is reckless disregard the same thing as willfulness? I was like, well, I just, it seems like there's maybe something there that's a little bit off. Well, and I, I agree with you completely. And I, I also said as part of this video, I said, well, look, if this is in fact the case and they don't actually make we're we're forced to guess what they mean to point to in the jury instructions, because they just say, well, those jury instructions mean it's willful. You know, this is Does it? usually this is usually where you tell us why. Um, <laughs> Does it? Uh, and and they don't. They just say it means it's willful. And I said, well, this is either just conclusory pleading or they know something in California and how, and how these things are read. Uh, but I mean, presumably uh, they're going after that last element, the last element in the jury instructions, element number seven, I think malice. it was, about actual malice. And then you go to the definition of actual malice, which as I said, no, no, is, I agree is that one it's of these two things. And it's like, okay, then there. I agree that it's probably actual malice. Yeah. The question, though, is why not send that extra sentence that says that, says that? Uh, so you can tell the court it's because the actual malice standard. Keep but, your options open. That's why you don't say it. You keep your <laughs> options open so you don't have to commit to a position before well, you have to commit, commit to a position. Well, they didn't commit to a position. That's certainly true. That's, and, and I do that's, think that's something lawyers do all the time. It's like, why, why tell you exactly if I don't have to? Because then I'm not committed and I can change my mind if I have to. Well, I do think it's conclusory, though. I mean, they're, they're just saying, well, and because of that thing we said back there, it's obviously this. It's like, oh, all right. OK. Uh, and the other thing I said as part of this video was it does mean that as far as this insurance company seems concerned is regardless of the fact that we say we cover defamation. What we mean is we cover defamation against non-public figures, um, which isn't what we wrote. <laughs> so, you know, that's which is it, also a little bit odd in the first instance because you wrote the policy for her. And uh, it's not like she became a public figure in the interim. You wrote it with knowledge or should have known that she was a public figure. So, yeah. Well, and it's about who it goes out to, right? So this would cover Amber Heard from, you know, defaming us. Um, but it wouldn't cover from defaming Johnny Depp. And it's like, well, maybe. Um, it's it's a, it's an, oh, I don't think it's the world's strongest. No, we have to uh, get into the discussion about whether or not you or I are public figures sometimes. Oh, well. 
I, I don't think I'm a public figure, but I do have, you know. Also, by the way, I love what you've done with the background. Is this in well, celebration? Is this in celebration of you hitting the capacity of Michigan Stadium? Yes, this is a this is a temporary ba- uh, background. I love so it. I have though. a number. Of, I have a number of people saying that uh, it should stay, uh, but no, this is a background because, as you saw on Twitter, yeah, we it was it was a sky, uh, it was a sky goal. Uh, for when I started the channel to say, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could ever pass? Well, one of the nice things, I guess, for me is I went to Clemson, which has a capacity of 82,000. So I've uh, passed that by 25%. So, hey, nice. Nice. Yeah. I always like to think of big numbers by by uh, comparison to my my Michigan Stadium. Uh, so that's what I did when I started the channel. I said, let's get to 100. Let's get the name. Uh, and then, you know, let's get to 1,000. You'll hit those markers. And then, wouldn't it be cool if we could get to Michigan Stadium? And I honestly thought it was pie in the sky. Um, so, well, uh, I, as I said on Twitter, I think you are probably the most underrated person of all law to the amount of quality content that you produce and the, the knowledge behind it and the, the vis-a-vis your subscription numbers, like you, you, you should just continue to grow because your, your stuff is amazing. Oh, uh, I, I, I could fawn over you. I could fanboy over you now, if you like for a while, because you're <laughs> definitely one of the people that when I first was getting into this, I definitely noticed and I hope I could be as cool as him someday. Oh, I'm still working on it. Oh, uh, well, I, you know, if you if, if you knew me offline, you wouldn't want to be as cool as me, but I appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd like to know you offline, but someone <laughs> someone did. <laughs> yes, I know where I didn't show up. I get it. I get it. I already had plans. I've apologized to the necessary parties. I know. Uh, it's going to be a hard time because I can because I love you. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. I know. And I don't know what chat's talking about, but I see Miles Teller and I think of Maverick. So mm. he's very good in that movie. Check it out. Um, and I'm I'm believing that since the follow-up is I'm a big fan of Van, Val Kilmer too, I think I nailed it. I didn't think anybody was randomly talking about Whiplash in the chat this morning, uh, but uh, he's also excellent in that. Uh, but yeah, Maverick. <laughs> Maverick is... I, I went to see Maverick uh, this last week uh, to take my dad because um, I'd already seen it with a buddy of mine. Uh, and this And the theater was full. Like that movie is going crazy. It was a good movie. Uh, it was I, enjoyable. Would see I have again. not. I've not seen a full theater for a movie that's seven weeks out in forever. Mm. Uh, it's like we're in the 1990s. Uh, so it's uh, it's crazy. Paramount might not ever release it on home video. They'll just keep it. Just be Maverick. They'll just be a theater for Maverick. Um, so we'll see. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, I like listening to Hogue on these streams. That's good because I'm primarily the one on these streams. Uh, here, here in the Hogue Law YouTube channel. Uh, so I appreciate it. Uh, what else we got? Um, so we're going to do five more minutes or so. Uh, you know, at me, at Hogue Law. Let's, uh, let's do some questions. You want to talk about anything at all? We're doing Hangouts now. You want to talk about Maverick? Want to talk about video games? Wanna if talk you want to about- talk about law, I'm still confused about how standing works in a declaratory relief action because I, I am still confused about why there's sufficient case or controversy as between Amber Heard and the insurance company. At this time, to yes. bring this action, so I'm still confused about how standing and ripeness works in a declaratory relief action. If you want to educate me legally, oh, I don't know that I can educate you legally. When we went over it in the lawsuit, I said, "Well, you can see how they're trying to establish that there's a controversy right now because the feds they're not allowed to look at anything that isn't a controversy, right? That's right. the way it works. Yeah. Um, and so they're trying to essentially get out in front of what would be a ripe lawsuit after the money changes hands and they go to get it back." Yeah, that's a pro- that's a problem. You can't really get out in front in the federal system uh, under Article Three of the Constitution. You have to have a case or controversy, so you have to have something that's live. You can't have something that's speculative. So you can't really 
get out in front of it. The only way declaratory relief, to my understanding, works is if you have sufficient evidence that a lawsuit is otherwise imminent. And the classic way that that happens is through a cease and desist letter. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I represent a client. Uh, you're doing a bad thing. I send you a letter says, hey, stop doing the thing. And if you stop, if you don't stop doing the thing, I'm going to sue you. Well, now now you have some evidence that there's a imminent threat of a lawsuit that is against you because I just told you. And now you can file declaratory relief because it's like, well, instead of waiting for you to sue me, I'm going to sue you first. Uh, so, but you need something like that to trigger the idea that there's something, and I'm, I'm still confused how declaratory relief works and, and how it works apparently in insurance claims. Yeah, no, and and I don't I don't have any great expertise on that either. But what they did plead to as part of their factual background sounded like a phone call, um, but it's it's kind of a weird paragraph. It's, yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird because they don't tell me right. Yeah. This this is this is where another objection of mine when I was getting into this with Joe. It's like oh, it could be behind the scenes. Oh, they had to call it the lawyer. Oh, it could be that the Amber Heard you know sent them uh, an email. It could be this. Could be this. I'm like, well, why don't they just tell me? <laughs> Why don't you send me having to guess? Why don't they just put it into the complaint? This it's is the basis for us believing we have standing. That'd be nice. Yeah, it's weird to get an information or belief paragraph on they're going to fight us on this. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, like, you, uh, should, you should be able to say, Why, are you sure? Because you, you do need the controversy to get into, you know, standing jurisdiction venue stuff. Uh, but I can't, I can't answer these questions for you, Kurt. I, I think for the most yeah. part, this is a boilerplate template request for interpretation and they just filled in what they had and it's very light uh in terms of what they actually mm -hmm. did in terms of their homework would be my guess um well maybe maybe through maybe as this lawsuit continues maybe i will learn the the, the secret of standing when it comes to these issues and then i'll be a smarter lawyer yay well the secret might be insurance companies get a little leeway on this stuff mm. that's what i that's what i suspect um, but we, we will see. We will see. All, so all the animals are equal, but some are more equal than others is the answer to the question. Insurance companies are what we might call volume users of the litigation system. This is fair. <laughs> so so they also, might get... I definitely need to get a copy of this traveler's lawsuit because apparently travelers not only will cover me for $6 million of insurance costs, but also believes apparently in their heart that I am also entitled to my choice of lawyer. I need to get a copy of this policy and then I need to sign up for this policy today. Say, it's Travelers, it's is the, Travelers is the best insurance company it's, ever. It is a good sign me up, man. When you read the Traveler's Defense, it's like, wow. All right. Really? I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> I've been told to my own choice of lawyer and you're going to pay them and apparently with absolutely no cap to tunes of millions and millions of dollars, man. Where do I sign up for this policy? This is great. It does seem like they're they're defending the whole thing. So we'll mm. see. I, I, I do have a, a tendency to believe that if uh, if things continue down this road, you might see travelers' teeth come out a little bit more. Uh, but I don't uh, know, man. If it hasn't come up at this point, at the six million dollars or whatever it is I paid it in, in, in litigation costs, I'm not sure how much more my teeth can come out. I think the first, what is it, the seventh million dollars? That's the one that really gets yeah, my attention. Well, that's the straw. That's the okay, straw that breaks the camel's sure. back. Let's go with that. You, you get to seven million. Uh, that Sarah says, I did not have subrogation on my JD versus Amber Heard bingo card laughing emoji. Hey, you got to use the words you got. I was an evidence research and trial prep paralegal at a subrogation law firm in my mid-20s. Nice. Yeah, we were talking about equitable sharing and subrogation. So, yeah, it's uh, that's fun stuff. Hard agree with Kurt. I don't know what you're agreeing on. Oh, uh, Hogue is underrated. But that's very nice of you to say. 
that's uh it's just it's it's because historically you don't put enough of that beautiful face of yours on camera no i i refuse to put my face on the well now now with you being on camera your channel will just truly explode (laughs) you're Uh, a beautiful man rich oh yes that's that's i i still do i still do virtual legalities where i just do the logo and um uh people complain it's like well all right although i do like you guys don't know i do also get counter complaints uh, that are like, I really liked it when it was just the presentations and your face talking is distracting. It's like, okay, take wow. it into account. The vote goes the other way right now, but I'll, I'll keep that in it. I'll keep that. Well, those uh, people are no friend of mine. Damn. <laughs> uh, Mimi, Elaine's closing said Amber Heard paid $6 million. Sanctionable. Sanctions require a lot of a lot of bad mm. stuff. If Elaine hasn't been sanctioned yet, I, I, I think she's probably ultimately in the clear. But you don't know. Uh, uh, Judge A is going to certainly evaluate that uh, most current motion from her about uh, the entire court system being out of order. Uh, so that'll be that'll be a fun hearing, I think. I don't know uh, if I was Judge A if I could be bothered to care. I'm I'm very tempted to go with the like two sentence response of denied. Go to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. I just I, th- those those motions. It's like wow. What are you what are you doing? And I know they're trying to get due process up to appeal. No, I, I as I said, I said on my channel at least there is the pure legal argument. So the, where where something could theoretically work on appeal, because apparently it is correct that uh, Virginia has never decided specifically the issue with respect to Im- implicit defamation with respect to a public figure. Virginia's definitely answered the implicit defamation figure. implied defamation generally speaking so can you have implied defamation yes i mean that's the whole basis of the lawsuit but the more specific question can you do it specifically in the context of a public figure and apparently there are other states that have said no and virginia's never specifically answered that question so uh elaine no on actual malice on sullivan that's the yeah yeah, i don't know that i agree with that philosophically if you can imply defamation you can imply it intentionally (laughs) Oh, yes, I understand. It's just a pure issue of state law that theoretically could work. And so I was like, well, bonus points to Elaine for finding something that could theoretically work. Also, while most of her uh, most of her motion was complete legal garbage, I did really like the way it was written. So if the, if that was the basis of why Elaine became a partner, um, then I understand because I thought it was very well legally written, even though most of it was completely um, unsupportable. At least she was trying. And I appreciate that inside. Well, I mean, yeah, I think Elaine is a seasoned lawyer, and I think you could see that in like depositions. I, I think her only real weakness is live, live questioning and objecting. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, that, that that part didn't go well. Yeah, no, no, that didn't go well. But it, I thought her writing was great. Um, we do it have was mostly crap, but it was great. <laughs> well, I mean, the theory is bad, but yeah, uh, the theory is crap. The theory is bad, but it was well written. It's fair. Yeah. Fair. Uh, we do have people saying that there was potentially a cap and, and negotiations of costs and things like that that travelers had. I, these are things that I don't know uh, from the factual background. I can tell you that the, the New York General Marine policy doesn't have an obvious cap applied to the defense concept. Um, so in general, insurance companies, again, being volume contract writers and volume litigation uh, sources, are pretty good about writing what they mean when it comes directly to the dollars out the door. Um, so, I mean, like that's... Uh, and and you'll get busted up by the court. You know, if you try to imply something uh, on one of those provisions, I say you're a sophisticated party that writes how many of these, and you don't know mm. how to say I mm. have a cap on this particular liability. Mm. You get busted for being a sophisticated 
contract party. I mean, contracts are by standard uh, interpreted against the person who wrote it because you're the one who wrote it, so you're in control. And then you're a sophisticated party on top of it. Yeah, you're having a bad time. Or you at least should have a bad time. Yeah, I think so. All right, folks. Well, I think we're done with most of the substantive questions here. Uh, Kurt, I'm sorry it was only, you know, 15 minutes or whatever. Well, it's 15 uh, minutes well spent. What you're up to? Well, um, I'm going to probably go on my channel immediately following this, and oh, I'm nice. going to do some bar prep questions. I'm licensed in Virginia. I've been licensed for 15 years, and I've decided to take the Texas bar because I thought it might be a fun thing to do. And so I've decided to try to stream myself doing bar prep questions in the morning because it seems to motivate me. And also, it's a nice opportunity to review basic legal principles. So That's I'm going awesome. to probably try to squeeze. I'm going to make some coffee. I'm going to have a shower, and I'm going to make some coffee and i'm going to stream some bar prep this morning then later this afternoon i'm going to do a short stream involving a pro se you know who threatened a judge and sanctions there too which is always fun and i need to do some editing work at some point and also i'm trying to <laughs> i'm trying to do a uh, speed run of the entire supreme court term so last time i did i think seven cases of the supreme court and so i've got like uh 57 more to go so i'm gonna try to do some more supreme court cases so that'd be fun now when you get to those that are just like purely regulatory dinos do you like dispatch with those more quickly or do you go over every detail on that kind of oh thing? no man as long as there's something written about it i'm happy to cover it all right right so as long as it's not just like a kick out the door or like a, a grant vacate remand or something as long as there's something meaningful for me to say it's like sure i mean we can learn something from those regulatory ninos and sometimes those regulatory ninos are bullshit ask me about chevron well you can't ask the supreme court about chevron because the roberts court just kicked it down the road some more i know yes <laughs> i was actually surprised i thought they were going to take it up i yeah it was it was it was it was funny too because when you read that when you read it because uh, i hadn't actually read it when you read it you're just like damn this is just chevron again it's the same almost the exact same case yeah and for <laughs> those of you that don't know chevron as an overall thesis yeah. is that in general you'll defer to executive experience yeah. to executive branch experience we, we there's there's like so much more than that that there are already lawyers dying for me just summarizing it like that but it's that it's that you should yeah defer i'm to sorry if, yeah chevron, chevron is a case i hate i hate mm. it i hate it with a burning passion that and wicker v filburn I hate with burning passions and I ran about them anytime anyone brings it up. So it's a good way to, this is a good way to stoke me in a hurry. Yeah. Well, it's of the wicked vein. It's like, well, constitutional structure should, should matter somehow. Uh, you know, that was my understanding. I was under the relevant understanding that the constitution should matter. Yes, that'd be good. Yeah. Well, I did wicked on this space. It's, it's the only, it's the only historical case I've done so far. Cause it's the one that I, I always remember the most. Bullshit. Yes. Uh, the real Laura B. Morning, gentlemen. So the judge dismissed travelers. They refiled New York Marine counterclaimed. And I can see a big red denied stamp on the stay order. Fair enough. Uh, so we can follow up more specifically on that. I have not gone into like the court listener uh, on this stuff uh, since. Uh, but uh, yeah, it wouldn't. That th those all sound like things that could happen. I thought that travelers was still in existence, but maybe it was dismissed very, very recently. Um, so we'll see uh, on that. And I'll follow up. Thank you so much, real Laura B. And on that, I did see one other question that I can't find right now that I just want to answer. People, uh, somebody was asking why I'm a managing member and not a managing partner, and the answer is because Hogue Law is an LLC and not a partnership. Um, LLCs don't wow. have partners. That is that is some attention to detail, and I appreciate it. Well, managing member uh, either uh, one gets people asking questions, or two, uh, you know, raises your potential liability for jokes uh, on uh, you know certain late night Friday streams or what have you. 
Uh, Joystick but, Daddy? Joystick yes, Daddy? Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Okay. So, uh, have you adopted um, as your final, final official moniker? I'm not. I'm not adopting any daddy nicknames. Uh, mm. So you know, we'll, we'll see what's imposed upon me. Uh, but it's um, how no, creepy do you want me to be right now, Hulk? I want you to be not creepy at okay, all. Okay, I was thinking morning. about it. I was thinking about it, but I was like, what's your uh, reception level? So I'll no pass. creepiness at all Monday morning. Okay. Maybe you know, come. We're gonna do casual Fridays versions of this. Okay. So maybe uh, maybe okay. maybe in the Friday slots. All right. Uh, but no, thank you so much, uh, Kurt, for popping in. Uh, folks, I'll probably be doing an actual virtual legality prime type episode later today if I can get through some closing stuff and some other things I have to do in the day job portion uh, of my day. But thank you so much for coming in, chatting, asking questions. I love it when you tell us where you're from. Had a fantastic time with you all. Hopefully this was illuminating, educational, informational, and more. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality.